Thank you for listening to the Convergence House of Prayer podcast. Please enjoy this message by Pastor Greg Seamus. We started, I think it was like 2008, maybe 2006, I can't remember. Um, we started our, our um, it was called Harvest Supernatural School of Ministry. Harvest House, I don't know. But back then, 2000, don't, you guys can tell me later um, when it all started. But it started right around then. And we ran that for about four or five years. And, um, and then we went into our building program, and we just really couldn't do both. And so we felt like the Lord said um, to take a break. And um, this last year, we really felt like the Lord wants us to uh, not resurrect it, you know what I'm saying, but to, to re- re-engage in raising up revivalists to shift the culture in the Bay Area. And um, so, so we've been working on this for the last couple months. And I know that video kind of came out of nowhere, didn't it? Like, what is that? What's, what's going on? And so, um, but... But we really feel, I'm getting my notes here, um, but we really feel like it's the, it's, it's the now time, and I think the, the prophetic word, that the, first, uh, the first voice you heard was Bill, uh, Pastor Bill Johnson at Bethel, which we're obviously very close to. Um, and so he, he, we, uh, we, we spent time with our, our deacon board and our staff, and we went to the back. How many guys were here last March when he was with us? Um, Man, we had people lining up at like, will be a day when that happens when Bill's not here. But we, <laughs> not because of me, just because of what the Lord's doing, you know, that's all I care about. Um, and anyway, we, we went in the back room and, and just hung out for about 30 minutes. And uh, he had some, you know, um, if Bill, if you're looking, you're not, but if you would, if you were, if you ever did, um, I'll send you the podcast or something. He said that um, he, he gave some pretty startling, you know, Bill doesn't just, Bill's a man of few words, you know, and uh, he's not going to say something just to, he's going to say something because he really senses it. He feels like the Lord's really going to, I don't know how else to say it, kind of blow up this place. And um, that convergence, his, his word was that um, the tech industry is our, is our inheritance if we, don't get, if we don't get tricked by the whole political spirit and all that, that just stay focused on the kingdom. Those are kind of my words there, but that's what he meant. Um, that's my interpretation. And we just feel like um, with that and with what Cindy released over our house, which you guys just heard, now's the time. And so um, we are putting together our supernatural school to start September, September 2019. Let me just give you some brief um, just extremely brief things because we're just working on it. If you want to pre-register for the school, um, pre-register doesn't mean that you're signing up for the school, but you're actually really interested in being a part of what God's doing in the school. It starts, it's going to be every Sunday night from 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. We're going to have a total of eight modules that are going to cover two years. So it's, it's going to be a two-year program. And the third program, the third year is going to be a, an internship program. The modules that we're, we're really focusing on is what we carry, what we, what we can export, and our connections with and networking with other people. So module one, I wrote these down in my nice scribble handwriting because I was only supposed to do, do this for a few minutes. 
is module one is identity and inheritance. It's our relational identity. It's our inheritance in, in God as royalty, as sons and daughters of the living God with the heavenly father who loves us. Second module is how to read the Bible supernaturally. We're going to take people through on how to read this thing and absolutely love it, where you just actually hold it really close. <laughs> um, in the 20-something, 30-something years of, of ministry, um, that's, one of the, that's one of the key things. People don't know really how to dive into the Word. So that's module two. Module three is hosting the presence. Module four is going to be the prophetic, hearing God. Then we're going to go to the second year, and the first module is going to be Ecclesia and Transformation. So we're going to talk a lot about um, Matthew 16, 18, but we're also going to dive deep into winning souls, reaching our city, beating systemic poverty, all that. We want to really go after those um, in the fifth module. The sixth module is Healing and Power. The seventh module is going to be Discover, deploy, Develop, and Deploy Your Destiny. And module eight is going to be Reign in Life. Because we're, we're called to reign in life, not R-A-I-N, R-E-I-G-N, to reign in life, reign in life. And so, um, and that's just putting it all together. So would you just be in prayer with us as, as, we, as we move forward with that? We're going to have, we're, we're having obviously folks coming down from Bethel. We have folks that are going to be connected across uh, the United States coming in. We really want to, we really want to equip uh, our region. And, uh, and then we want to deploy. And so I was just thinking about that 555 number. You know, the Lord's really blessed so many people. I mean, it's kind of crazy. I just keep hearing testimonies. Why not 555 revivalists, people who are going to go through and just begin to, to just... And you guys are doing such great stuff right now. Um, you guys are doing such great stuff right now. And, and I just, I'm, I'm amazed at the testimonies that I hear. I want to say, well done. Like, wow. I think we're right on, the, right on the page of what God's ready to do. And uh, I actually looked at the, Jim Baker was here last week, and he said something like, he, he prophesied uh, something about skadoosh. I don't know what that, whatever that was. You know, some, prophet, some prophetic words are really bizarre, you know? So I actually had to go on Kung Fu Panda and, I, and I, ha, I, I went on YouTube, you know, and I said, I just typed in skadoosh, and of course it corrected me, right, because I didn't know how to spell it. And uh, so it corrected me, and, and so I went to it, and that's when Kung Fu, you know, anyway, the panda, you know. How many of you guys have seen Kung Fu Panda, you know? Isn't that a great movie? I've only seen it once, but isn't that a great movie? Um, when you have grandkids, you probably see it more than once. I probably have seen it more than once. And so that's that scene when he grabs the tiger, uh, that tiger dude thing, his enemy by the pinky or something, and then he says, skadoosh, I don't know. I don't know. This one guy who had a, I think it was Bob Jones who had a prophetic word, and his only word he said was orange, and he sat down. You know, there's some, there's some prophetic words that just, and it really ministered to this person like it was, it was life-changing for this one person who had prayed like somebody ridiculous. Like if you go inside, if I go into church and someone says orange from the pulpit, I'll do it. You know, some crazy thing like, God, that's never going to happen. No way is that going to happen. And then, boom, it happens, you know. So when people think, when they say, like, skadoosh and all this, I, you know, I, I look at everything up, you know. I just, I just, I didn't, that, that was intriguing anyway. And I felt like this was a little confirmation um, that we received. I received a text 
uh, I received a text on Friday from a person who used to attend um, Convergence House of Prayer, formerly Harvest House Church, and their name was Sam, Sam and Ann Varghese. I know for the core, you guys know who Sam and Ann are. Put your hand up real high if you remember Sam. Yeah. Weren't they great? They were um, our Indian friends. They came over, and then they, they relocated to Dallas. And so out of nowhere, like I, I, maybe I, I stay in touch with Sam once a year. Like we'll exchange a few little chats, you know, or texts. But out of, on Friday, he just said, I just get this text. It's, me, it's to me and Wendy. By the way, Wendy's in Reading today, so... Um, we celebrated uh, her mom's 90th birthday yesterday. So, not, you know, anyway, coming back to last night at 1 a.m., or I guess it would be this morning, uh, from the 90th. So she's there. So um, she goes, PG and Wendy, th- a big thank you for what you are doing now and what you guys poured into us almost nine years back. I love getting texts like that. Guess what? I'm listening to the BSSM words, because we had a team from Bethel School of Ministry, words of knowledge we students spoke over Anne and me during one of the classes after our presentation. One of the classes at BSSM. uh, One of the classes that we had, that we had BSSM at, if I can remember right, he revisited those words this week, nine years ago. And he says, this this is his hallelujah moment. Quote, it knocked my socks off, end quote. And then he says, um, and then he just ended with some condolences, like, thank you, say hi to the kids and all that great stuff. I just thought that was a little bit of a, like, this the Lord saying yes, because we were going to present this this Sunday, and out of nowhere I get this text from Sam uh, just saying thank you for the school of ministry, and I'm listening to the words that were prophesied over us nine years ago when we were at the school. And that's the Sunday that we're presenting our Supernatural School of Ministry. Isn't that amazing? So if you're interested, I would love to have every guy, all y'all go. Um, we don't have all the inf- we don't have like any information on the website. <laughs> but we do have a, a place for your name and your, just your email address. And so we want to start building that, that list. We want to start communicating with you guys in the next, probably in the next 30 days, um, that that website will be fully populated with cost and all that kind of stuff uh, associated with that. Each module is going to start with a conference. So when we have our first module, which starts September 6th, September 8th, it'll start with a conference. And so Friday, Saturday, and, and we launch on the September 8th. So pray, I think September 8th is a Sunday. Um, I'm taking a guess. but if So just begin to pray into that too because we have, we have amazing teachers and pastors, even in our region, yeah. that we can invite in, and they can just go ahead and minister. So we're, we're, we're going to be heavy on the uh, activation and the experience. Um, in a lot of ways, sometimes I feel we're overtaught and under-activated, if I can use that word, right? So we want to we activate you guys. We want to get, you know, and so I'm super excited. I think it's part of our piece of what we're supposed to bring to the region. We're an equipping center. We're an apostolic equipping center. And that's what we want to do. We just want to fall in line with what God wants to do. All right? Amen. All right. That's enough of that. So take your Bibles. I have seven minutes and 36 seconds. We do have an intro afterwards. We're going to have Andrew come on up, and we're going to, he'll close the the meeting. But I want to, did I tell you what book? I say just take out your digital, your iPhones.
Um, how many still have paper? Oh, praise God. Distraction free. No notifications flying in. All right, go to Nehemiah. Um, Nehemiah's in the Old Testament. That's supposed to be somewhat of a joke because you guys should know that, right? On your digital phones, you'll just be able to type in Nehemiah and you'll find it. So um, I want to revisit something that I, I share um, usually every other year. And it's, I just felt like the Lord wanted me to, to, to share just a few minutes on this um, and piggybacking a little bit on what Jim Baker said last week. And so how many of you guys enjoyed him? Yeah, for those of you here last week, did a great job. Um, and I feel like there's, some, there's, there's really one nugget of truth uh, that I just want to lay out to you in the, in the short amount of time I have. Um, and so let me just kind of set the background with you just a moment. I still haven't got my Bible fixed, by the way, so it's pretty bad, you see. It's, it's still. But it's a 1984 NIV, and I like it. So, and it's large print. Amen? Hallelujah, Jesus. It's about 700 font, you know. Um, um, Nehemiah is, is called to, by the Lord to rebuild the wall around Jerusalem. Israel is in captivity. Um, they've been released uh, they were 70 years in captivity. How many get, you all know the, and, um, and the walls were down. And so Nehemiah, who was the cupbearer uh, to the king in Persia, is, asks him to release him to go and finish the wall. So Nehemiah goes, now a, a lot of uh, pastors and preachers and commentary folks and all that, Nehemiah, if you read Nehemiah, read it through the lens of the Holy Spirit, because Nehemiah is a type of the Holy Spirit. It's what God is, uh, is kind of one of the things that God is using in the book of Nehemiah. So Nehemiah goes to rebuild the wall, and he does so in 52 days, right around 52 days. And he is, uh, he is faced with opposition from three men, Sanballat, Tobiah, and Gershom. I think it's Gershom. Don't have time to develop that. And it's really the political spirit is what it is. And uh, Sam, Sanballat was, in essence, a governor in the region. Uh, Tobiah was um, also in government and the political sphere, and they ridiculed Nehemiah, they made fun of Nehemiah. They said that the wall that he's building, even if a fox jumped on it, it would break. There was so much opposition to the rebuilding of the wall with Nehemiah. And these three guys were the, were the ringleaders in the oppression to prevent Nehemiah from building the wall around Jerusalem. And so I want to set the stage in the, say, in the sense that Tobiah, in particular, was always in opposition to Nehemiah. But Nehemiah is successful. 
Uh, Nehemiah 4, which is a great chapter, talks about having families build the wall in sections. I mean, it's a great story on prayer. It's a great story. It's a great illustration, great analogy on the family. It's, a, it's just working together. It's great in leadership that you work together. You fill in the cracks in the wall. You, you hold a sword in one hand, and you hold the, what you're going to build the wall in in the other hand. And it's just, so I just want to kind of um, let you know that this was not a cakewalk. It wasn't a walk in the park. Uh, Tobiah and Sam Ballot and Gershom, they were, they were feverishly against building the wall, which really is, is a, an opposition for building God's house, God's people. Um, and you're always going to, we're always going to run into that. So he rebuilds the wall. He's there for 12 years. And then he's called back to uh, Babylon. And there he's there. He's, he goes back to serving. Uh, in the meantime, after being there 12 years, after rebuilding the wall and being there for 12 years, he solidifies a culture. The law comes back. Uh, the priests are serving. The temple is reconstructed. Uh, the inner court, the outer court, the Levites are in position. The priests are in position. The gatekeepers are in position. And he's there for 12 years to solidify that. Goes off and goes back to, oops, goes back to uh, Babylon, and, which is about a, a 900. It's, it's, it takes about a month and a half by foot to, to, to make it back to Babylon. Um, so he's a long ways away. In the, so... So he takes off, and, he, and when he takes off, there's this, um, a bit of a conspiracy that begins to take place. The conspiracy is between the high priest, Eli, I, I can never, I'll have to look at it, but I think it's Eli Abish, something like that, some, and, um, and Tobiah. So this is all happening behind the scenes while Nehemiah is basically governing the the, the city. When Nehemiah leaves and goes back to Babylon, what was being conspired is, be, is now revealed. And that's where we land in Nehemiah chapter 13. So let's pick it up, verse 1. And on that day, the book of Moses was read aloud in the hearing of the people And there it was found written that no Ammonite or Moabite should ever be admitted into the assembly of God, not the assemblies of God. (laughs) Because they had not met the Israelites with food and water, but had hired Balaam to call a curse down on them. Our God, however, turned the curse into a blessing. We can say amen to that? Verse 3. When the people heard this law, someone's pager? There's no pagers. My timer's up? Oh, my goodness. That is so wrong. That is so wrong. Did Charles do that? He's standing up right there. How am I going to get through this? Verse 4, 
Just ignore it. Just say that was heaven just intruding and making sure you guys are attentive. Before this, Eliashib, the priest, had been put in charge of the storerooms. What's he in charge of? Say it. He's in charge of the storerooms. Of the house of our God, he was closely associated or aligned with Tobiah. The high priest is aligned with the arch enemy of Israel, of Jerusalem. And he had provided him with a large room, here's the word, formerly used to store the grain offerings and incense in temple articles and also the tithes of grain, new wine, and oil prescribed for the Levites the singers and the gatekeepers, as well as the contributions for the priests. What just happened? The place where the tithe was to be stored was empty. And any time that you have a place where the storerooms are, are vacated, you actually give license for the enemy. But while all this was going on, I was in Jerusalem for in the 32nd year of Artaxerxes, whatever, king of Babylon, I had returned to the king. Sometime later, I asked his permission and came back to Jerusalem. The high priest never thought Nehemiah would come back. Nehemiah was there for 12 years. The culture was established. It's time for me to go back to work. He went back, and I think the Holy Spirit spoke to him and said, go back to Jerusalem. Here, in verse 7, here I learned about the evil thing Eliashib had done providing Tobiah a room in the courts of the house of the Lord. I was greatly displeased and threw all Tobiah's household goods out of the room. Sound kind of familiar? What did Jesus do? He cleansed the temple, right? I gave orders to purify the rooms, and then I put back into them the equipment of the house of God with the grain offerings and the incense. Incense is always a picture of the presence. I also learned that the portions assigned to the Levites had not been given to them and that all the Levites and the singers responsible for the service had gone back to their own fields. In other words, the provision wasn't there for the Levites or the singers, so they had to go out in the fields where they weren't supposed to go, and they left the house of God barren and empty. Man, how do I... It's so solemn right now. There's a good ending to the story. We say amen. amen. You guys are hoping the thing will beep again. <laughs> so, verse 11 So I rebuked the officials and asked them, Why is the house of God neglected? Then I called them together and stationed them at their posts, them being the Levites. All Judah brought the tithes and grain, new wine, oil into the storerooms, and I put this dude the priest, Zadok, the scribe, and the Levite named 
whatever, in charge of the storerooms and made Hanan, son of Zakur, the son of their assistant, because these men were considered trustworthy. Men were considered trustworthy. Can we just say trustworthy? They were made responsible for distributing the supplies to their brothers. Remember me for this, O oh my God, and do not blot out what I have done so faithfully, what I have so faithfully done for the house of my God and its services. It's interesting. I guess the one point I have because the buzzer went off. Maybe I'll pick it up in a couple weeks after Sam Duth will be here. What's striking to me is that the number one enemy of Nehemiah tries to secure a foothold of power where the place, in the very place where the tithe goes. And I was asking the Lord, how do I, what is it that you want, to, you want me to share and kind of bring across, bring onto the table today? And I feel like the Lord just said um, a couple things. One, the, the, the easy principle is this, is that anytime that we are, we're not faithful to the Lord in our giving, that we actually create a vacuum for the enemy. Remember what the Lord said um, he cast the demons out of the strong, he talked about the strong man and he said he cast them out and then he goes, searches places to go and then he goes back to the house that's empty. I'm not talking about like he actually goes into our, you know, our, our but we actually give him permission to have access. And there's, a, there's an alliance with the enemy that the high priest made that to me is shocking, but I think it happens all the time. It might not happen in your own heart, it might not happen in your life, it might not happen in your own household. But this is something that the Lord taught me years ago, that I need to restore honor to the tithe. And it's not for the, it's not, and we talk about like revival, we talk about, I can just get real practical with you. We talk about revival, we talk about God reaching the city, we talk, about, we talk about all these. We talk about how to, how to care for the trafficked. We talk about how to, how to like really change lives. I'm gonna talk about really change lives. Is that what we're about? Like really changing lives? Because that's what I'm about. I'm about seeing my own life changed and, then I, and reigning in life. And then I want, I'm about like seeing other people's lives changed. And I don't think you can hang around Convergence long unless that's somewhere in your heart. Because we're going to talk about like reaching people. And we talk about bringing healing. We talk about bringing so many things. But if we talk a lot about revival, we're going to need resources. And I don't care whether it's convergence. I don't care whether it's the Baptist church down the street. I don't care. I just, it doesn't matter. What the enemy tries to do is choke out the resource. And not only... I'm not talking about the resource of the provision of, of this house. I'm talking about, I'm more zealous and jealous, if I can use that word, for the resources and the provision over your own life. 
What was shocking to me, um, I don't know, I can't even remember. Last Saturday, I think, when we had the, when we had the, the seminar, which I was in the front row ready to receive, is that 2.4% of those who don't know the Lord uh, give somewhere. Don't know the Lord, give somewhere. In the, for believers, the number is 2.5. I'm talking, I want us to have a bigger picture. I want us to have a bigger vision. I want us to really begin to think about and pray about and consider a movement. I'm talking about linking shields with other, however way the Lord does it, with other ministries, with other movements, to get the the work done. How much does it cost to buy a house in the Bay Area? A lot. Now, the Lord could do miracles, but what about homes for the trafficked. When the resources are there, then it expands our vision even further. But if the enemy, please hear my heart, if the enemy begins to choke out the resource, God can still move because he's God. But we severely limit ourselves by tying up resources, and we actually gain access for the enemy. I don't want Tobiah in my house. There's a number of reasons why. I, I remember when I was, you can start playing because I'll keep going. <laughs> you know, I got saved when I was 16. I wasn't raised in the church. I was actually raised in the, in the Catholic church, but not in like a... I wasn't born again. And I know there's born again Catholics. I always want to quantify that. Get the emails. So, so I went to confession, did the rosary, you know, just enough to get by and get out. You know, bless me, Father, for I've sinned. It's been 1,800 years since my last confession. These are my sins. So I still remember the prayer. And so um, I remember when I got saved, my mom who was, she's no longer here. I remember me and my brother would, I have a twin brother. One of these days I'm gonna get him here on Sunday and let you, I'll point him out to you. <laughs> we do look different though we're twins. We do look different. I got the looks. He, anyway, so I'm teasing. Sorry, I couldn't resist. Um, so I remember like sitting on the foot of the bed and I would, we'd talk to my mom and dad about the Lord and um, Said, you know, it's a real because I got saved. I got saved. Did anyone ever have that experience? Like you got saved. I don't know how else to say it. Saved. Like I got saved. Got delivered. And um, but my my parents were like very. Uh, my parents were very like open. So here's here's what they said, son. If that works for you, wonderful. So if it works. For you, go ahead and pursue it. It's not what we're going to pursue. So we did. The Lord called me in the full-time ministry when I was 19. But I remember my mom telling me when I was a kid, she said, honey, she goes, you just keep all the money that you get. 
Don't give it to the, don't give it to the church. Church has plenty of money. Now that's a lie. But I didn't know that. So I remember when I was in Bible college studying to be a minister. Not tithing. I remember uh, a professor at Bethany Bible College, Assemblies of God College, since closed uh, in Santa Cruz. And he kind of spoke like this. Every phrase was like this. So God is incorporeal. God doesn't, he can go through walls. That's, that's how he lectured. Three hours. Open your Bibles. Let's turn to Matthew. Anyway, he was a, he was a very esteemed and well-loved professor. He really was, even though he spoke like he did. He always taught theology, which we lovingly call Theo, not Huxtable. Theology. So he said something. He said something, the Lord used it. And I was this person who was struggling in Bible college. My mom and dad didn't fund me. You know, I, had, I took out some student loans. Not nearly how much people are taking out these days, but nonetheless, took out student loans. And I felt like the Lord said, I mean, I looked in his word and it was like, give. And I was like, you don't understand. Like, I'm paying for my own education. So I took a step of faith because I knew I had to be obedient and obedience requires faith. So I did. Sometimes when you don't have a lot, you have nothing to lose. Do you know what I'm saying? So maybe that's what it was. Like, I have nothing to lose. So I remember I, I started like T-I-T, and I went through all the arguments, Old Testament, New Testament, all this kind of stuff. I said, I just said, you know what? I just, want, I just want to be under your covering. I want to open heaven. I want to be able to petition you. If I need finances, I've already sowed. Now I can petition with a, with a heart that's like genuine, right? And so I did. So the next semester, they, uh, they, they um, what's the word for it? They interviewed for a traveling team for the college. There's only seven people that they, they, they're only going to have seven people that were going to be part of the traveling team for the college. And so the, if you're a part of the traveling team, half your tuition is, your tuition is cut in half. So I, I was interviewed and they said, Greg, we want you to be part of the traveling team. When did that happen? After I sewed. And I was like, wow, Lord, that's amazing. Really? That's coincidence. No, not really. Then they had, uh, they were selecting um, what they call resident assistants. Does anyone know who went to college? You know what the RA is? He oversees the whole floor, a bunch of freshmen to the college. And I was a junior. And so... They're looking for RA, so I put my name in. And I was selected to be an RA. What does that mean? That means half of my room and board were cut in half. So 
to a 22-year-old. I was 21, 22 years old. As soon as I began to sow, in my, in my, in my illustration, that's what I'm trying to say here, okay? This is my story. Maybe not your story, my story. Tobiah left the room. Nehemiah, the type of the Holy Spirit, threw everything out like he did in Nehemiah 13. And the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit took residence over my finances. And so when that was cleared out, in a matter of three months, the Lord took care of half my tuition and half of my room and board. And that's great news to a guy who's 21 years old. I don't know if that's good news to you guys. And I haven't looked back since. Not once. And I think what I'm, I think what I'm really, um, I'm really, I don't want to use the word jealous, but I'm really zealous, really fighting for. And there's something that the Lord gave me last year. And it's actually out of Romans chapter five. It talks about as believers, we're to reign in life. Are we reigning in life? I mean, really reigning. Are we set apart? Are we the head and not the tail? Are we making a difference in our community? Are our sleeves being rolled up, doing the work of the Lord? And if there's even a fragrance of Tobiah near my, the storehouse of the Lord, I don't want him to take up residence in my lack of obedience. That's my story. If that resonates with you, then it's your story too. And I just want to encourage us as we kind of move into the 2019. You know, like, don't think that we're, we're not, um, I always have to pre-qualify this. This is not about, it's never been. Anytime I, I teach on giving, I never teach because we're in need. We actually had our best year ever at Convergence. I'm just one of you. We just so, we give to the Lord. We give to the Lord. I'm really, really, really strong about that. I don't give, you don't give to, I don't give to the convergence. I, I do because it's, it's, it's my spiritual home. It's my spiritual family. It's a place, but I, I give it to the Lord. So I want to say thank you for giving to the Lord. But I'm zealous for see, to see God's people come into the place where the tail doesn't wag the dog. You know what I'm talking about? So Lord, we just pray for every person in this, in this place, in this room, in this house. Lord, I just pray financial provision. It's, you're a, a, a gracious, a giving, loving the resources of heaven. Not even, I'm not even talking about the true riches yet. The true riches of miracles, signs, and wonders have everything to do. You've connected it with the natural. And so, Lord, I pray where if 
Tobiah has taken residence. We just want to restore honor to the place of our giving. And obedience does require faith. So I pray for my brothers and sisters. I stand with them. And I say release all of what heaven has, both in the natural and in the true. And Holy Spirit, you have every right to come into those the inner court. We're not even talking about the outer court. This happened in the inner court, the very place where the presence is hosted. So take the chairs out. Take the, whatever it is that's, that's there, Lord, we're just, we just surrender. Surrender it all. And I just pray prosperity on every side. I pray for promotions. I pray for you to come. And we pray against anything that would try to try and invade that space. Whether it's government activity or whatever it is, Lord, we serve an eternal kingdom, a government that is founded on God in Christ Jesus. So we stand on that. We stand on that. And we just release your provision, Lord. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. <clears throat> While I was praying, um, this thought came to me. And I, I'm just going to leave it with you. You can, you can pray about it, talk to the Lord about it. You know what's crazy? Is that, you know what Tobiah's name is means? The goodness of God. See, sometimes we want the blessings of God. Oh, man, there's so many things I can talk about, but let's all stand. <laughs> let's all stand. All right, smile at the person next to you. Come on. You know, I'm going to have Pastor Andrew come on up, and he's going to close this thing. You guys appreciate him? Then I will be, oh, we do have an intro, so I'll be, I have to stay in here, so. All right, thank you, PG. Amazing words of wisdom every time, seriously. So, thank you. Just honor him, guys, yeah, give him a hand. Yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you. So I just want to invite the, uh, the, the ministry team to come on up, get ready to uh, pray over some people. One thing I'm definitely sensing is uh, you might need help nav- navigating those uh, places in your heart where there might be a Tobiah type of spirit or mindset. And we want to pray for you this morning. Um, and I saw a picture of that. There was that stuff, that Tobiah in your heart that was actually blocking your dreams from coming alive. Actually, you had, like some people had no ability to actually even dream. And, uh, the Lord today not only wants to identify that place in your heart that you might need to help navigate in, but he also wants to pour fuel on your dreams so that when you give, you know exactly what you're giving to. When you sow, you know exactly what you're sowing to. 
that he's put revelation on your heart that you are partnering with him to see come, come into fruition. Amen. All right, so be blessed. You're amazing. We hope you enjoyed this message. For more messages like this, please subscribe and thank you for listening.